Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Doctors in the House. My name is Dr. Daryl Hill, and it is truly a pleasure to be here with you once again in the house. It's been very exciting over the past few weeks to kick off the new year, talking about changes we can all make in our lifestyles, which, as you know, include our uh, exercising and especially our diets. We've been lucky enough to learn more about the incredible impact our diets are having on a variety of opportunities to be healthy, but at the same time they're putting us at risk for a, a lot of medical issues. We know about the diabetes, we know about the blood pressure, the heart disease, um, but now we're beginning to focus in on how changing our diet can help prevent some of the problems. Now today we're going to follow a similar format. Uh, we're going to be talking today, first of all, about fatty liver disease. Many people out there may not have heard of fatty liver disease or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because in this case what's happening is our livers are being damaged from our dietary consumption which happens to be from uh, foods which really aren't conducive to a healthy lifestyle and it's leading to our livers working hard and ultimately leading to a fatty collection buildup in the liver which can lead to liver failure. Um, for those who don't know, the liver sits right about here. It's responsible for processing um, and cleaning the body's organs and metabolizing different things we're exposed to. But just imagine some of our foods are making our livers work so hard that the liver itself is destructing itself from a variety of different processes uh, that eventually leads to problems. You know, we know a lot about liver damage as it relates to alcohol, but now our own food is leading to problems. And this problem is such a big problem, it's even affecting younger people. So today we're going to see a few videos to help teach us what, what, what's happening here, and more importantly, help us all become more aware, because this is a big enough issue that we're talking about upwards of 100 million people having this condition, many of whom may not know it. Well, we'll begin to see how we get diagnosed with it, how we um, treat it, and more importantly, how we can prevent it. So again, my name is Dr. Daryl Hill. I'm with Laurel Medical Associates. We are on the web at laurelmedicine.com. Here at Doctors in the House, it's about educating you. I've been sending a lot of my patients to these videos because now they can begin to get educated, prevent problems, get off medications, better manage their lifestyles, and prevent issues because what we're beginning to see is how the fatty liver disease is connected to the diabetes we talked about and we also took some time out to talk about how um, our diets are exposing us to a lot of sodium which can lead to blood pressure problems too. So with that being said, let me go ahead and get the first video queued up and here we go.
caused by drinking alcohol. It is considered the most common liver disease in Western societies. It is closely linked to insulin resistance, which is a common barrier to weight loss, and most people have no idea that they have it. The reality is if you carry a lot of belly fat, you have trouble losing weight, and you are a regular soda drinker or you eat a lot of sugar and refined carbs, there's a good chance that you have some degree of this metabolic issue. In this video, I'll explain how to tell if you have fatty liver and how to fix it. The liver is very important for an efficiently running metabolism, but we also think of it as the detoxifying organ. So when something is inflammatory or potentially damaging to your body, your liver is the organ that filters and removes those harmful compounds. So when we do things to our body, like feed them processed foods full of unnatural chemicals and we create inflammatory states due to poor eating or weight gain, it is the liver that takes the brunt of that abuse. Uh, and I often say that you cannot outrun the metabolic effects of a poor diet and developing a fatty liver is certainly one of those hidden metabolic effects that is caused by a poor diet. And unfortunately, it is even showing up in children. In fact, according to Boston Children's Hospital website, it affects approximately 10% of our kids. And if it's not caught early, it silently progresses in both kids and adults into inflama uh, an inflammatory state called NASH, or non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, which can lead to scarring or cirrhosis of the liver. And at that point, the condition is no longer reversible. And according to Dr. Julie Heimball, who is a liver transplant surgeon at Mayo Clinic, it is one of the most quickly rising indications for liver transplant in the United States. In other words, fatty liver is a problem that is caused by eating or drinking the wrong things. And if caught early enough, it is a condition that is cured by consuming the right things. So how does a fatty liver develop? Well, a fatty liver results when your liver takes nutrients from your diet and makes fat through a process called de novo lipogenesis. Now, de, de novo means from new, the prefix lipo means uh, fat, and the term genesis means beginning or making. So we are literally looking at the making of fat from new things. In other words, things other than the fat we eat. And that's the surprising part, right? Because logic would tell us that eating too much fat would cause the liver to store excess fat. Instead, what we see is that lipogenesis is driven by sugar and more importantly, fructose in the diet. And this could explain why the disease is so common in children because one of the main sources of fructose in the standard American diet is high fructose corn syrup, which is found in regular soda. So kids and adults who drink a lot of soda have a high risk of developing fatty liver. Now, of course, soda is not the only culprit. Uh, refined carbs and sugar, uh, which would be what I refer to as the three C's, your cookies, cakes, and candies, are also to blame, as are starchy carbs like pasta, breads, uh, bagels, muffins, because all of these foods break down into sugar in your body, and they feed that fat-making factory in your liver. And the effect of a high-carb diet uh, does not take long to show up. Uh, in this study, overweight individuals who were fed a high-caloric, high-sugar diet for three weeks had a 27% increase in liver fat. 
And even being overweight contributes to fatty liver. So we get this vicious loop that develops where we see inflammation increase in the body, uh, which contributes to insulin resistance. And then the likelihood that fat is going to be deposited in the belly, which creates more inflammation and more damage. So how do you know if you have a fatty liver? Well, the challenge is that symptoms are not easy to detect and damage is often done before the disorder is discovered. Now, if you uh, are concerned that you have a fatty liver, there are some tests that your doctor can run um, to get a diagnosis. For instance, fatty liver is associated with elevated liver enzymes, which can be detected in your blood, and evidence of fatty liver can be detected using ultrasound um, and a CAT scan as well. But really, if you have the risk factors, which include carrying a lot of belly fat, uh, you eat a lot of sugar or refined carbs, or you drink a lot of soda or sweetened drinks, you are likely headed down the path to a fatty liver. So that brings us to what to do about it. Well, we learned that the cause is a poor diet, but that also means it can be reversed by diet, at least in its early stages. So let's go over some diet exercise and supplement solutions that can help. As for diet, you'll start seeing results if you cut out soda and drinks uh, sweetened with high fructose corn syrup or sugar, which is one of the quickest paths to a fatty liver. A healthy choice instead is green tea or tea made with uh, milk thistle. Both of them have been shown to be beneficial choices for liver health. Uh, you can also cut out refined carbs and eat a low carb diet. Carbohydrates are actually a non-essential nutrient, meaning your body can make the building blocks of carbs if they're not coming in through the diet. So if you're facing a diagnosis of a fatty liver, you'll do best to look at non-starchy vegetables as your dietary carbohydrate source uh, because they have the best nutrient to calorie ratio. Um, in fact, getting those non-starchy vegetables in your diet is what I teach you how to do in my free 0123 strategy, which is a great way to jumpstart your healthy weight loss plan. And when you cut out refined and starchy carbs like pasta, bread, and bagels, don't be afraid to replace those carbs with high-quality fatty foods and oils, which are great for hunger control. And, of course, this low-carb, high-fat diet will improve your insulin sensitivity and help you lose weight, particularly belly fat, which is that dangerous fat that keeps you locked in the vicious cycle that I spoke about earlier. You can also exercise to improve insulin sensitivity and all forms, whether low-intensity like walking when you do it regularly, or high intensity like sprints or weightlifting have been shown to be beneficial. There are also spices and supplements that you can add, um, including turmeric, which is a spice that you can use for cooking, uh, omega-3 fatty acids, which um, can come from fatty fish or from a capsule, Apple cider vinegar is also something to consider. Uh, on my second YouTube channel that I run with my husband, we share how apple cider vinegar improves insulin sensitivity. And I will link to that video. It is certainly something to look into if you're looking for an inexpensive and easily available solution. Um, and one last supplement that is definitely worth mentioning is berberine, which is a supplement that can help to lower blood sugar and improve fatty liver disease. In this study, 184 participants with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease were split into three groups. Each group received diet and exercise interventions. One group received only those interventions. The second was also given a prescription drug, 
And the third was given a, the supplement berberine. The participants taking the berberine supplement outperformed the other groups and had significant reduction in liver fat and the most weight loss. Um, I'll say that my husband, who is somewhat insulin resistant, takes this brand of berberine, which you can find on our Amazon affiliate shop, and I will provide a link in the description area below. Uh, but of course, as I always say, supplements are called supplements for a reason because they are intended to supplement a healthy diet. They are not magic pills. So you do have to get your diet on track first and a good low carb diet is the way to go for fixing a fatty liver. Thanks for watching. I hope this was helpful. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and I will be back. similar theme, a similar way to share this information, but I think you caught a glimpse of what we're getting at and, and, and what we're dealing with too. Uh, fatty liver disease is real and we're seeing it more and more. And, and many times people just don't know they, they have it. Many of us are walking around with it. Now one patient comes to mind, he was a 35 year old relatively healthy gentleman who wasn't big, he was rather lean, and when we did some routine blood work on him, we found out his liver tests were abnormal, they were elevated. And this is not an uncommon finding uh, these days because what's happening is because of what you recently learned in the video, excuse me, um, um, the, the liver becomes inflamed once it begins to make all this new fat which gets deposited in the liver and the liver begins to become irritated and your, your lab, your blood tests begin to elevate themselves and ultimately you start to investigate and um, in this particular case we did that and we eventually got an ultrasound and when I did the ultrasound and I got to literally see all this fat sitting in the liver of who I thought and he thought was a 35 year old healthy gentleman, it blew us away because uh, we had no idea it was there. And when we stopped and we talked, this single male was eating a lot of the things that younger people eat, single on the run, working a lot, you know, we got the fast food, we got the Chinese food, we got the, 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 the sweetened drinks, and in many cases we don't know anything about the relationship between what we're talking about with the, the sugar, the, the high fructose, um, corn sweeteners, sugar sweeteners that are in our foods, in our sodas, and they were having consequences internally or metabolically that you pay for if you don't figure it out sooner or later. Uh, luckily in this case we figured it out and the gentleman changed his diet around and when we repeated his lab work and repeated his ultrasound it literally all disappeared. Uh, he was a little different because when we talk about most people under these circumstances it's pretty obvious that be, we become uh, bigger in the central area, our stomachs begin to poke out, and we, we all know that guy, and we don't want to be that guy 
And if we are that guy, we want to work hard to go in the other direction. So, and you do that by simply making changes with your diet. It's kind of funny having this conversation as we have uh, the biggest football game of the year tomorrow, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of good eating tomorrow. We know how that goes. Um, so we can, and I always say, doesn't mean you can't do something. It just means you have to do it in an educated manner and balance things out because this stuff is real. As you heard, it's one of the leading causes of liver transplant. Transplant. So that's a serious situation. We all need our livers. You just don't, you just don't walk into a grocery store and get a new liver tomorrow if you need one. So we got to be real careful. So I wanted to mention that to you, you know, that little clinical profile, patient profile. But what also really surprised me, and a lot of this information is right in front of you sometimes, and we don't really appreciate that. And I was surprised to find out just this week that in, in France, there's a, a very expensive food item that is eaten and I was surprised to find out where it comes from but listen closely apparently when you look at a duck or or even a, a geese they it, it, literally out there and in some countries they'll take those animals open their mouths and literally force feed them force feed them high fructose corn syrup type food items to the point where these animals begin to get a fatty liver disease and that fat that's produced is actually eaten. So if you think about it, we as humans, we too, because of the high fructose in our diets that's everywhere, we are overeating these items and we too get a fatty liver disease situation that in Europe happens in ducks and, and geese and it's eaten. So we already know about this phenomena and this metabolic situation in geese and ducks, but the truth is it's happening in us humans too. And the question now is, since we're beginning to learn more about this, what are we going to do about it? You know, I know people who, who literally drink upwards of 10 cans of soda easily a day. And when we talk about the fructose and, and the weight and the calorie issues, this stuff is real. So we're going to see a few more videos. We're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot. We're going to be able to take this information and become smarter and wiser and um, make better health decisions so that we don't have to deal with the diabetes, the blood pressure, the heart disease, the liver problems, the obesity problems that come with this. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be going directly into uh, a few more videos. Thank you.
your questions and this week's question is my doctor says I have a fatty liver and I should stay away from fat but do high fat foods cause a fatty liver and you got any tips to help me with my fatty liver well a fatty liver is a dangerous disease and it's highly misunderstood now some of you may have heard of foie gras. Foie gras is that French term for fatty liver that's used to describe a delicacy made from duck or goose liver. What happens to the livers of these animals as a result of the controversial practice of overfeeding is what you could be doing to your own liver without knowing it. For those people who have fatty liver, which is about, by the way, 70 to 90 million Americans and is now the number one cause of liver transplants, it's essentially what they have. It's like foie gras, the liver. They have a liver that's full of fat, and it's a major cause of chronic disease, of inflammation in the body, of heart attacks. You see, foie gras is made by force-feeding ducks or geese, not fat, but sugar, in the form of corn and starch. It's a really sad, horrible practice. In the body, this sugar turns on a fat production factory. In the liver, it's a process known as lipogenesis, or the genesis or birth or making of fat, which is lipo, which is the body's normal response to sugar. In fact, fructose, which is the sugar and high fructose corn syrup, actually ramps up the lipogenesis response like crazy. Fatty liver creates a whole cascade of issues. It causes inflammation in your body. And this inflammation creates insulin resistance and prediabetes, which causes your body to deposit fat, not just in your liver, but also around your organs and your belly. It's called organ fat or visceral fat. It's the dangerous fat. This dangerous belly fat that's caused by sugar and starch in your diet then creates even more problems. It causes you to have high triglycerides and low good or HDL cholesterol. And it causes you to have these small dangerous LDL or cholesterol particles that are really the cause of heart attacks. In fact, having a fatty liver puts you at great risk for having a heart attack and most people have no idea they have it. And shockingly now we see 12-year-old boys who lived on soda for years needing liver transplants from fatty liver. Now that's pretty scary. We really need to think about what we're doing to our kids by feeding them these toxic substances. So you don't want to end up with a fatty liver or a liver transplant. You don't want to end up needing to be on medications to fix the complications of fatty liver like high blood pressure and diabetes and heart attacks and high cholesterol. You want to get to the root of the problem. The good news is there's hope. As you now know, unlike sugar or refined carbs, even a little bit of protein, dietary fat does not cause insulin to be secreted by your pancreas. So the fat you eat gets burned, not stored, unless of course you eat it with carbs. That's bad news. That's called sweet fat. You don't want that. That's like a bagel with butter or a donut or a french fries, right? Fat and carbs. When you eat more of the right fat, you increase the speed of your metabolism, you stimulate fat burning, and you cut your hunger. Fat turns off, now get this, fat, eating fat turns off the fat production factory in your liver, so no fatty liver and no liver transplants. Considering that fatty liver is caused by too much sugar and carbs, and is now the most common liver disease and the leading cause of liver transplant, cutting the carbs and boosting the saturated fats may be part of the solution. Now, I know it seems kind of confusing, but repeatedly the research shows that it's carbs, not fat, that causes more fat in your body and in your belly and in your liver and bad cholesterol. So you see, it's actually the carbs that trigger inflammation through the liver. 
We've all been so focused on saturated fat as the bad guy that we miss the real bad guy, which is sugar and fructose. Our government tells us to limit our saturated fats to 7 to 10% of our calories, while at the same time telling us it's okay to have up to 25% of our calories from sugar. Really? One quarter of our calories from sugar. Now, the good news is the 2015 dietary guidelines said we should reduce added sugar to less than 10% of our calories. This was a big advance. Now, I go into this research in my new book, Eat Fat, Get Thin, but the take-home message here is that saturated fats lower inflammation when, only get this, when consumed with a low refined carb and low sugar diet. It's also high in fiber, lots of veggies and nuts and seeds, and that has a lot of omega-3 fats, which is like sardines and fish oil and so forth. Now, there are blood tests available that can detect a fatty liver. You can also see it on an ultrasound or a CAT scan. And if your test comes back abnormal, you're kind of in trouble. But even if your test comes back normal, you might not be out of the woods. It's important to know that a liver function test does not always detect a fatty liver. An ultrasound can be more sensitive. The bottom line is, if you eat a lot of sugar and flour, if you have a little bit of belly fat, or if you crave sugar and carbs and starch and sugar, you probably have some degree of a fatty liver. Now, when you have a fatty liver, you need to think about the damage it's causing. You don't want to end up with a liver transplant. You don't want to end up needing to be on tons of medications to fix the complications of a fatty liver, like high blood pressure and diabetes and heart disease and bad cholesterol. You want to get to the root of the problem. So there's some really simple things you can do with your diet, with exercise, and with supplements to help heal your fatty liver. First, cut out all high fructose corn syrup from your diet, period, 100% cold turkey, no exceptions. If you see it on any label for any product, whether it's salad dressing or ketchup or tomato sauce or yogurt, don't eat it. Now think about it. Most servings of tomato sauce you buy in a jar have more sugar per serving than two Oreo cookies. Get rid of all that high fructose corn syrup from your diet, 100%, no exceptions. Also, reduce or eliminate starchy foods. Get rid of white processed flour. Even whole grain flours can be a problem. It's common to find too much of these starchy foods in the classic American diet, or what we call the SAD diet, that standard American diet. All those things are gonna produce a fatty liver. Next, add some good things to your diet to help heal your fatty liver. Good quality vegetables, non-starchy, nuts and seeds, some fruit, some good quality animal protein like chicken, fish, grass-fed meat, and good oils like olive oil, macadamia nut oil, avocados, nuts and seeds, coconut butter, and fish oil. Because in fact, MCT oil, which is in coconut oil, has been shown to reverse fatty liver in animal studies. That's impressive. Even while they were still giving them a liver toxin, alcohol, which causes fatty liver, when they gave them MCT oil, their fatty liver got better. Now that doesn't mean you should drink a lot and take MCT oil, it just means you should take MCT oil. Good fats like these are really anti-inflammatory and they help repair your liver. There's also some supplements you can take as well to help your fatty liver, which I talk about in my book. Now the plan in my new book, Eat Fat, Get Thin, is the perfect way to reset your body for optimal health. You can also improve your metabolism through exercise. Now this is a fabulous way to improve insulin resistance and reduce fatty liver. And of course, use the right supplements. Now these things help boost something in your liver called glutathione. I encourage you to read my blog on glutathione. This is a powerful antioxidant and detoxifying compound that your body makes and you can help make more of it when you take certain supplements, 
including N-acetylcysteine, lipoic acid, milk thistle, and some of the B vitamins. Now we also use other things like B vitamins and magnesium, and all these things help repair and heal your liver. They're also detoxifying, liver-repairing superfoods that I recommend eating. Focus on the broccoli family. I love this family of foods. I try to have at least a cup or two every day. Kale, collards, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, arugula, daikon radish, all these are wonderful foods that can help repair and heal your liver. Also, garlic and onions are great. They're full of sulfur. It's a great detoxifier. I promise you, you do not want a fatty liver. You need a healthy liver to help you deal with all the junk and chemicals in her environment. So when you have a healthy liver, your body stays healthy. You don't get sick and you can feel good, which is really what I want for everybody. So now I want to hear from you. Do you have a fatty liver? What steps have you taken to heal your liver? And comment below on my Facebook page and be sure to share this video with anyone who could use the information. And please submit your questions to drhyman.com and maybe next week I'll make a house call to you. to clinical studies of new therapeutics for patients with liver disease. It's important that we meet as a group because we have several studies now to treat non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And you know that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is an enormous problem for us to confront. And we have to be clear about our messaging as a team to patients who are seeking counsel about what they might have and whether they want to volunteer to participate in clinical trials. But I think it's also important that that messaging be extended to those that are just seeking our clinical care uh, here in the Liver Center at Baylor St. Luke's. So Dr. Verdelli, what is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Well, let me take a look at uh, some of the, 
the slides and things I have here because I think I've got one that will answer that for us. Okay, what does uh, non-alcoholic mean in the term NAFL, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? First, it doesn't mean that you do not drink at all. It does mean, however, that you do not drink enough that could cause alcoholic liver disease, and that is defined for females as more than one alcoholic beverage, be it a beer, a glass of wine, or a cocktail per day, and for males, two such beverages per day, per week. Now, if that average is exceeded, you have the risk of alcoholic fatty liver disease and alcoholic steatohepatitis, totally different disease. So for NAFLD, you can either have no alcohol, if that's your preference, or if you do drink, as a female, you have to stay within the limit of one beverage per day, or males, two beverages per day, to qualify for that non-alcoholic term. So Dr. Verling, what are the consequences for a person that has um, NAFLD or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Well, here we kind of show as a cartoon uh, the consequences. A normal liver is obviously what we would all want, but if a person does have steatosis, fatty liver, due to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, they have already developed an excessive risk of death due to heart attacks, strokes, or diabetic complications because fatty liver is part of a syndrome encompassing diabetes and hypertension and has that increased risk. Now, we don't know whether if you start out with simple fats, steatosis, whether you may progress ultimately to NASH. But we do know that some people right from the get-go have NASH. And that is a progressive disease, as we said, leading to liver cirrhosis. And unfortunately, even before you have cirrhosis, there may develop a risk, which is greater when you have cirrhosis, of primary liver cancer. Now, all of those mean that you can go into liver failure, have premature death, or require a life-saving liver transplant to survive. So the consequences vary from benign to severe? Who is at risk for NAFLD? Well, the key risk factors we really do know. There are obesity and overweight, which is extremely common in adults, as we all know, in the U.S. and worldwide, actually, now. Diabetes or prediabetes and having either high cholesterol and or high triglycerides, lipid disorder. And any of those risk factors, alone or in combination, confers a risk for NAFLD. If the risk factors are very common, how many Americans have NAFLD and how many have the more dangerous form, NASH? Well, let me, let me show you something that's pretty striking about that. We would say that 90 million adult Americans have NAFLD right now. Unbelievable number. Mm -hmm. Basically, that means 30% or 3 out of 10 adults have NAFLD. Now, of that 90 million, we think 29 million actually have NASH. And NASH is the progressive form with the risk of cirrhosis, liver failure, liver cancer, and the need for transplant. A totally unmanageable number, which is really the message in a nutshell that if you have this disease, you better know about it and seek treatment for it. Now, the degree of scarring can be monitored without a biopsy using, as you all know, a fiber scan, which is the FDA-approved ultrasound device that we have here in the research center. So, Dr. Ruling, after you have been diagnosed with NAFLD, whether it is NASH or steatosis, can you treat it? Let's uh, just itemize the current and future treatment options. 
our current options that we know work start with weight loss. Mm -hmm. And if you can initially lose 10% of your body weight, even if your body weight is very, very high, 10%, you'll eliminate 90 to 95% of the fat in your biopsy. Now, long term, if you could lose 20% of your body weight, you apparently have an excellent prognosis going forward. This comes from some very long-term studies. And we know that if you have significant overweight and undergo bariatric surgery, and most of those people lose about 100 pounds or more, that they have an excellent prognosis. They can just reverse entirely their liver disease. Now, the other current option for therapy is based on those risk factors. You definitely want to lose weight, but you also must control your diabetes. And the good news is that if you have diabetes, when you lose weight, it gets easier to control. But control of diabetes is essential, as well as control of high cholesterol or triglycerides through diet or exercise. Now, a few clinical studies have shown us that some medications have been beneficial to a small number of patients. First is vitamin E, which benefited a minority of people with NASH in an NIH trial. And the, the other is pioglitazone, which a variety of trials has shown as an anti-diabetic agent can help, but it doesn't help necessarily the majority of people. So we're really looking here, especially in our research unit, for these future options. And that gives us back to the subject that we now have opportunities to study many different drugs that are targeting the pathways underlying the genesis of this disease. And this is an exciting time to really have disease-specific therapies under investigation. So I would offer several take-home messages to us and that we want to share with our patients. First, 90 million Americans have MAFL. That makes it extremely common. And that means that three out of 10 people on average already have the disease. 29 million, that's 10% basically of the American adult population, have the progressive NASH. And they're at risk of cirrhosis, the liver-related cancer, and the need for transplant. So that's the group that definitely we want to educate. And biopsy is required currently for the diagnosis of NASH. There's no two ways around it. We can't sugarcoat that need. Primary treatment for NAFL, including NASH, is weight loss, control of diabetes, and lipids. And drug therapy is indicated only for patients with NASH, not for simple fat droplets And there may be some benefits for some people with vitamin E or pioglitazone, but those benefits are really limited. New therapies are being studied in clinical trials, such as the ones that we're doing and enrolling right now. So I think the, the major conclusion of these take-home messages for patients is that if you have risk factors, overweight or obesity, prediabetes or diabetes, or high lipids, either cholesterol, triglyceride, or both, get diagnosed and seek treatment. We've talked about NAFLD, and for more information, I want you to discuss with your healthcare provider if you have risk factors of NAFLD you need to get diagnosed and you need to consider being treated. Useful websites include the liverfoundation.org for patient education materials. Also clinicaltrials.gov has all the current research trials and the locations that might be near you.
Diet and Lifestyle Tips to Reverse Fatty Liver Disease The normal treatment for fatty liver disease, whether it's alcohol-related or not is to reach a healthy weight through diet and exercise so what should you eat? In general, foods that fight cell damage make it easier for your body to use insulin or lower inflammation can help reverse the condition foods that help fatty liver disease, give the Mediterranean diet a try although it wasn't created for people with fatty liver disease this style of eating combines the kinds of foods that help reduce fat in your liver healthy fats, antioxidants, and complex carbohydrates things you'll see on the table that you should reach for include fish and seafood fruits. Whole grains nuts olive oil vegetables avocados legumes choose the right, fats your cells use glucose, a kind of sugar, for energy the hormone insulin helps get the glucose from digested food into your cells people with fatty liver disease often have a condition called insulin resistance that means your body makes insulin but can't use it well glucose builds up in your blood, and your liver turns it into fat certain fats in your diet can help your body use insulin better that means your cells can take in glucose and your liver doesn't need to make and store fat get more more of these, omega-3 fatty acids, found in fish fish oil, vegetable oils, nuts, especially walnuts, flax seeds and flaxseed oil, and leafy veggies monounsaturated fats in plant sources like olives, nuts, and avocados fatty liver foods to avoid, steer clear of saturated fats, which lead to more fatty deposits in your liver this includes, poultry, except for lean white meat full fat cheese yogurt, except low fat red meat baked goods and fried foods made with palm or coconut oils sugary items like candy, regular soda and other foods with added sugars including high fructose corn syrup antioxidants and supplements for liver health cells get damaged when nutrients don't break down properly this can lead to fat buildup in your liver but compounds known as antioxidants can help protect cells from this damage where do you get them? Coffee green tea raw garlic fruits, especially berries vegetables vitamin E you can find it in sunflower seeds almonds liquid plant-based oils with monounsaturated fats, like olive or canola oil get your vitamins and minerals make room in your diet for vitamin D, low levels may play a role in more severe fatty liver disease your body makes vitamin D when you're in the sun you can also get it in some dairy products choose low fat dairy items because they have less saturated fat potassium, low levels may be linked to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, naffled, fish like cod, salmon, and sardines are good sources it's also in veggies including broccoli peas, and sweet potatoes and fruits such as bananas, kiwi, and apricots dairy foods, like milk and yogurt, are also high in potassium choose low fat options betaine, it might protect your liver from fatty deposits but research results are mixed you can find it in wheat germ and shrimp avoid alcohol you shouldn't drink at all if your fatty liver disease results from heavy drinking it can lead to more serious liver damage damage if you have naffled, it may be okay to have a drink once in a while, but not more than every other month ask your doctor first. We are back with doctors in the house, hope you all are enjoying this very important information. What's happening is we got a few videos giving you different perspectives and approaches to understanding fatty liver disease I always remind people we're not going to be perfect you're not going to have to be expected to eat perfectly all the time but what we got to do is increase our health IQs because when we do that we're going to make better decisions we're going to eat better portion sizes and we're going to have more of a variety of healthy foods doesn't mean you can't taste that ice cream, you can't have that pizza, 
but we definitely want that to be a less frequent occasion and when you do it control your portion sizes and remember to get the variety get the wholesomeness get the vegetables and fruits because what you're really hearing as we have this green movement is that all of this will help diabetes blood pressure heart disease this fatty liver disease that I still think many of us don't know about but now we're beginning to see a common denominator as to why so much of this is happening in the whole country you know we're talking about upwards of 100 million people with fatty liver disease we already talked about how 30 million people are diabetics another 100 million are pre-diabetics we know heart disease is the leading cause of death we know that visceral fat that fat right here in our midsection is connected to everything we're talking about and the diet is important you know we got to we we've taken time over the past month to learn more about the nutritional food label how to look at that label see how many calories you're getting per serving see how much um, fat what type of fats in that food item uh, the sodium content the amount of sugar all that stuff is valuable again I'm Dr. Daryl Hill I'm an internist we manage problems in the office here today we're trying to educate you so that we can prevent problems and not have to throw a pill at this throw a pill at that doesn't mean pills are bad but if we can avoid them that's why we're here today um, the year to be honest with you has gotten off to a, a very fast start when, when I think about some of the patients I've seen I think I might have mentioned previously we're seeing more young people with bad things we're seeing young people die sooner in their 50s and a lot of it has to do with what we're seeing uh, as a byproduct of our lifestyles our diets go to the doctor eat right exercise control your alcohol get the bad stuff out of your diet watch those sodas watch that alcohol watch all that sugar be smart about it very very important so we are getting close towards the end I did want to say the things I just said I still want to remind you we're, we're posting these videos on our web page for you to come back to and to look at and to share and uh, we got a few minutes remaining so what I will do is is go ahead and put on uh, one of the final videos for today and I may come back and close you out with um, some further comments but I'm really hoping you're enjoying the, the videos and, and learning and next week I believe we will have a psychologist in the house talking about a lot of psychological issues affecting um, people out there and how we can cope with it and you know a lot of what we're doing here is just to help make you smarter happier healthier so that you can be around to be with your loved ones and your family and do all the things you want to do for as long as you want to do it and before I end I do want to say um, before I came here today it was a pleasure I got to see a patient of mine 97 years old you know 
For a 97-year-old, besides her hearing, she's doing pretty good. And I'll tell you, she's very lean, too. Those people who live longer tend to be very lean people. I don't think they eat too much of the sugar and the bad stuff. So we want to continue to eat right and do right, and we will be right. So let's go ahead and um, go to a quick pause as we cue up the last video. Morgan Spurlock eats exclusively at McDonald's for a month, and predictably his weight, blood pressure, and cholesterol go up, but so do his liver enzymes, a sign his liver cells are dying and spilling their contents into the bloodstream. His one-man experiment was actually formally replicated. A, a group of men and women agreed to eat two fast food meals a day for a month, and most of their liver values started out normal, under 30 here for men, but within just one week, most were out of whack, a profound pathological elevation in liver damage. What's happening is NAFLD, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, the next global epidemic. Fatty deposits in the liver can result in a disease spectrum from asymptomatic fat buildup to NASH, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, uh, which can lead to liver scarring and cirrhosis, which can result in liver cancer, liver failure, and death. It's now the most common cause of chronic liver disease in the U.S., affecting 70 million Americans. That's like one in three adults. And fast food is a great way to bring it on, since it's associated with the intake of soft drinks and meat. One can of soda a day may raise the odds of fatty liver 45%, and those eating the equivalent of 14 chicken nuggets worth of meat a day have nearly tripled the rates of fatty liver compared to like seven nuggets or less. It's been characterized as a tale of fat and sugar, but evidently not all types of fat. Those with fatty hepatitis ate more animal fat and cholesterol, less plant fat, fiber, and antioxidants, which may explain why adherence to a Mediterranean-style diet characterized by high consumption of foods such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, is associated with less severe non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, perhaps because of the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects. Uh, maybe because of specific phytonutrients, like the purple-red-blue anthocyanin pigments in berries and grapes and plums, red cabbage, red onions, radicchio. These anthocyanin-rich foods may be promising for the prevention of fatty liver, but that's mostly based on petri dish experiments. There was one clinical trial that did find drinking a purple sweet potato beverage uh, seemed to successfully dampen liver inflammation, though. A more plant-based diet may also improve our microbiome, the good bacteria in our gut. The old adage, we are what we eat, may be changing to we are what our bacteria eat. And when we eat fat, uh, we may facilitate the growth of bad bacteria, which can release inflammatory molecules that increase the leakiness of our gut and contribute to fatty liver disease. Fatty liver disease can also be caused by cholesterol overload. 
The thought is that dietary cholesterol found in eggs, meat, and dairy oxidizes, and then upregulates liver X receptor alpha, which can upregulate something else called SREBP, which can increase the level of fat in the liver. Cholesterol crystals alone cause human white blood cells to spill out inflammatory compounds, just like you know, uric acid crystals in gout. Uh, that's what may be triggering the progression of just plain fatty liver into serious hepatitis. The accumulation of sufficient concentrations of free cholesterol within fatty liver cells to cause crystallization of the cholesterol, one of several recent lines of evidence suggesting that dietary cholesterol plays an important role in the development of fatty hepatitis, fatty liver inflammation. In a study of 9,000 American adults followed for 13 years, they found a strong association between dietary cholesterol intake and hospitalization and death from cirrhosis and liver cancer, as dietary cholesterol can oxidize and cause toxic and carcinogenic effects. To limit the toxicity of excess cholesterol derived from the diet, the liver tries to rid itself of cholesterol by dumping it into the bloodstream. And so by measuring the non-HDL cholesterol in the blood, one can predict the onset of fatty liver disease. If you subtract HDL from total cholesterol, none of the hundreds of people they followed with a value under 130 develop the disease. Drug companies view non-alcoholic fatty liver disease as a bonanza, as is the case of any disease of affluence, considering its already high and rising prevalence, needing continuous pharmacologic treatment. Uh, but maybe it's as easy as changing our diet, avoiding sugary and cholesterol-laden foods. The unpalatable truth is that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease could almost be considered the human equivalent of foie gras, as we force-feed ourselves foods that can result in serious health implications. However, having such a buttery texture in human livers is not a delicacy to be enjoyed by liver doctors in clinical practice, as it can have such serious consequences. Thank you. This will pretty much conclude our remarks and conclude today's show. I want to thank you all for joining us today as we had a chance to talk about the liver disease. So I will see you next week. Um, enjoy the rest of the day. Doctors in the house. See you next time.